Welcome back to Math Teacher Lounge. I'm Dan Meyer. And I'm Bethany Lockhart-Johnson. And guess what? I can see your face, Dan, but our listeners, they are listeners now. We're a podcast. No more viewers. This is a big transition, Dan. And let's just talk super briefly about why. Reason number one is I decided as a kind of resolution early in the year that I'm done shaving and no one likes <laughs> to look at that right now. And so we decided we had to go to audio only. Um, the, 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 our standards and practices people were not happy with the look of things. That, that's one. And uh, others, I don't know. Were there others? I forget. Well, I say the real reason is because we've had so much fun talking to these guests. You know, Fawn Nguyen, Megan Frankie. I mean, I... All of our guests, I felt like I could talk to them for hours and I wanted to. And actually, you cut me off more than once when I kept talking. I just feel like perhaps a podcast is going to allow us to have a little bit more of an in-depth conversation with folks a little bit longer. We tried to keep our video segments short and quick. And if something does lend itself better to video, we, you know, we leave that door open. We can always pop in an image or two but for now we're going to try this out and I'm, I mean I'm excited I'm excited too yeah we had so many viewers that were telling us like yeah I was trying to watch your YouTube videos while I was driving and I got in like terrible <laughs> accidents and so Don't now do we're doing we're doing audio and so we're in your car we're in your ear we're happy about that so I'm um, super excited Bethany to start off our first podcast episode here like I you we know each other quite well and i just want to confess like my one of my worst tendencies to the audience which you well know is that i am a very jealous person um, in particular i am jealous of things that people like and love that are not mathematics you you know this about me like we, we like green, i love green math. with envy green yeah yeah you have a lot of positive vibes towards math some negative of course we all do but um like i i i love math and that makes me weird among my social circles my family and friends and there's things out there that are just so popular and i'm always like why can't math be more like those things so to start with one of the most popular things in the world right now in the in the english speaking world right now is a game called Wordle. How did you, Bethany, know that Wordle was super mega popular? A friend told me uh, about the New York Times article, and I read it and was like, what is this? I have to check this out. I am a fan of Words with Friends. I love a good game of uh, Scrabble Online. So I thought, hey, I might like Wordle. Little did I know how consumed I would become and the many, many text messages that would be exchanged between myself and others about Wordle. For those who don't know what Wordle is, it's the same thing every day. You've got a five-letter word that everyone in, in, the word, in the world is trying to guess, and you have six tries to do it. So today's word, uh, which it, you're not going to spoil this because this will come out later, I'm not going to spoil it, okay. um, was, uh, was, what was it? Cater, C-A-T-E-R. And my first guess was not Cater. But what's so interesting about Wordle is how, like, number one, how it treats your wrongness, that being wrong is inevitable and always a learning opportunity. If I guess any word, it's going to tell me interesting feedback about that word that helps clue me into the differences between the, the target word 
and the word I just chose. There's so many examples like that where I'm like, why can't, what, what is holding math back from being more like this? What else have you noticed, Bethany, about Wordle, Wordle that might help explain why it's viral and what math might do uh, in response? I will say that I have a family member who would not describe herself as somebody who enjoys word games of any kind. She wouldn't say she's not a word person, but just like the idea of playing a word game. And yet she got obsessed, right? And Mm -hmm. I think it was because you mentioned the feedback piece, and I really think that's it. I think that when you you take this first risk and you're like, it's totally okay to be wrong, right? It's totally okay. And it's expected. If you were to get it on the first guess, like – You're a cheater. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you cheated. Who's going to go I, I and no put doubt. cater today, right? Yeah. You right. know, it, you're expected to get it wrong. So it's like it's not scary to take that that first word. You're like excited to put in that first word because you want to see, did I get any of the letters, none of the letters? All of it gives you information. And, you know, to describe your connection with math, you know, so often we don't want to take that risk, right? The Some of the fear, some of the anxiety is I don't want to be wrong or what if I'm wrong, right? When we are talking about this feedback that is actually exciting feedback and helps you to like even tune in deeper and get more engaged. Yeah, I love that it sees the value in whatever response I have, whatever word I enter. You have you have six tries for it, so wrongness is expected, incorrectness is expected. But whatever I put in, there is some kind of value in it. Even if I had no, none of my letters are in the ultimate you know word I'm trying to chase down. Just knowing that those letters aren't in the final word is itself valuable information. So I'm asking myself as someone who thinks about math instruction and math curriculum, like how can I ask questions that invite lots of responses and where whatever the response is, I can say something that's that's good about it. Like here is what is so valuable about that and make the next guess a little more less risky um, as well. Right. The feedback is so important. And then the other thing is even if somebody who is like Scrabble champion of the world, right, they may also, like no matter how proficient you are at word games or strategy, you might solve the word after, you know, six tries. You might put in that first word and also not have any letters. Whereas myself, I, you know, New York Times crossword, Monday or nothing, right? Whoa. I, I Beyond Monday, I'm out. <laughs> I tap out. But – it's, you know, I feel like I can still participate, right? So all levels can approach it and give it a good try. And the, and the feedback will be valuable across the board. So you're in, you're, you're, some people are in competition. My family and I, when we're texting about it, we're not competing. We're more like, ah, did you get this? You know, and it's, it's, I feel like it's exciting. Maybe there's a little bit of competition, but I'm not looking down on anyone who didn't guess it until six. Now, have you ever not gotten it, Dan? Or have you always? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've missed it. Um, and what really? I, I, what I, I <laughs> what, just, can you mind no your judgment? Tone? No, can but you mind no the, judgment. Mind the, yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, no, uh, no, no, no. I've, I've no, missed it. No hey, hold up. So I've missed this now and then, but. I also miss it because me and my friends decided to play it a little different. This is another aspect of Mm. Wordle that I love that's not always present in math class, which is that Wordle allows for variations on the game, allows you to bring your own kind of rule set and say, what if? 
um, you know, like what if this, what if that and play that way? So my friends and I, we each, I got, I got, uh, three friends, the three of us total rather. That's my the entirety of all of my friends in the world. That's all I have. Um, and we all suggested one word to, that, that we all play at the start. Like we just play them in order, no matter like whether it's a smart thing to do or not. You know, like oh. I, I chose pygmy. Like that's a, that is not a good word to choose for wordle. Oh, it has like no wise. Two Ys. It's doubled up and it's got no like kind of official vowels, but it makes it a little more stressful. It makes it a little bit more stressful at the end of it. And so, yeah, I've, 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 my streaks, you know, gets a little busted sometimes because of how we, how we, we play it. Are you telling me you, you have never broken your streak? Is that, is that real? I have, but you know what? It, that streak doesn't even matter because when New York Times bought it and they transferred it over, all of my stats were gone. So it didn't right. matter. And that was a lesson in letting go. That was a lesson oh, in letting go of stats because this isn't a competition anyway. So <laughs> I love this conversation. Um, I, I think that whenever we experience something as human beings that is enjoyable and is a learning experience, those two things are both true about Wordle, that we like start looking at that as educators of mathematics and say like, what? be a little jealous about it and say like, you know, not like, oh, this is just in a separate world of like fun things. And it's not appropriate to compare the world of fun things to the world of math learning, but rather what can we grab from the world of fun learning things and scurry over there, grab it, steal it, and then and scurry back to the world uh, of mathematics. With the goal of making math more accessible, more a space where we take risks, where we have fun. <laughs> but yeah, yes, Dan. Actually, I'm super excited because our guest that we have today is somebody who has teaches teachers and is inviting us to think about how we ask questions in mathematics in ways that get people buzzing, that that get get the the stats a ticking. You know, his his ideas and thoughts have gone viral and people are in conversation about mathematics in a way that we long for them to be out in the streets shouting about mathematics. So I'm so excited. I'm so excited, Dan. So to help us think about what makes mathematics go viral, we wanted to bring on one of our favorite viral mathematicians, someone who does math publicly in a way that just catches people's eye and has them sharing things and learn more from his secrets. So we posted on Twitter, um, three facts about this person and invited people to guess who this was. Those facts were, this is a person who teaches math, who lives in Fresno, California, who can throw a rifle 15 feet in the air, backflip and catch it. I don't know if that nail, uh, narrows it down for people. <laughs> Shout out to folks like uh, Martin Joyce online, Joel Bazaire, Adil Abdelkader, and uh, other people who knew who this was. Please welcome on uh, Howie Wah. Howie, great to see you. Thanks for being here. You, how we are, someone who teaches math uh, to future elementary math educators. Is that right? Yes. Among among other people. Yeah. And I'm curious, what got you to head over to social media like TikTok, where your short explainer videos just kind of get the people going? Um, what initially got you going to the internet to start interacting with other people and teachers there? I joined Twitter in 2017. Um, I have to thank Jamie Garner and Chrissy Newell for that. I went to CMC Central. It was my first ever math conference in 2017. And at the very end of their session, they were like, you're missing out if you are not on Twitter. And they told their audience that. So I, I had a Twitter. I didn't really do anything with it. And it was because of them that I decided to join Twitter. 
And I think it was 20, 2019 or 22 Novembers ago, I decided to make a TikTok. And it was because of two reasons. Uh, the first reason I was, I'm very sentimental. I really hate things ending. And I have an optional listserv for my past students. It's like, hey, if you still want to uh, hear from me, feel free to join my listserv. And I decided that uh, to make a TikTok, I'm like, hey, past students, if you still want to learn math from me, um, I made a TikTok. So uh, feel free to uh, continue learning from me if you want to. Obviously not mandatory. So that's one part. The second part is um, I think that maybe people don't want to watch a 20-minute YouTube video on something uh, math-related. Maybe they just want a short one-minute explainer. So I thought that I could just help the community with that. So Howie, I think that I met you at a conference and I remember you being so warm and so friendly. And I feel like that energy comes across in your videos. And I think a lot about folks who have math anxiety because in my history, I have and do navigate my own math anxiety. And I feel like your videos are just such this like, like water you want to dip your toe in. Like, ooh, I'm curious about this. And you see one video and it makes you want to see more, you know? So do you find that folks, like what kind of feedback are they giving you about your videos? Are they are they feeling like it's something that they're, you're offering them new ways to think about things? Or what, what's kind of been the experience as, as these videos have been reaching such a wide audience? Yeah, I think that in general, people just want to understand what's actually happening. For example, I got so many nice comments when I explained what's actually happening in the long division algorithm. Let's visualize it. And I got a lot of comments saying like, wow, I finally understand the long division algorithm. It's not just a whole bunch of procedures or connecting um, the permutation and the combination formulas, what's actually happening there. Got a lot of nice comments there. So I think in general, just people just want to know what's happening rather than just use this formula to get an answer. Yeah, I love it. I'd love to share with people a couple videos just to give them context on like what it is we're talking about with your style and your approach. So we can figure out like reverse engineer what it takes to offer explanations and offer experiences that are so shareable and so inviting. Um, so the first one I'll just share briefly um, is one where you uh, talk about uh, with teachers about a teaching tip called you call test talk. So here's that video, which was uh, liked, uh, you know, it was watched hundreds of times, liked thousands of times. Have a listen, folks, to this one. Teaching tip. A lot of students have test anxiety, so something that I do is called test talk, where at the beginning of a test day, students put their writing utensils on the ground, I hand them the test, and students can talk with their group about the test for five minutes. I've done this for the past seven years with my in-person classes, and students have mentioned how much it lowered their test anxiety. And then I also want to share a video, and this is, I don't understand how this did the numbers that it did. Honestly, I'm hoping to get some insight into this. Um, it was, you asked people a very short, simple question, which is how do you calculate 17 plus 18 in your head? Might be embarrassing to say, but one of my favorite hobbies is to listen to how other people think about math. So if you want to make my day, comment or stitch this video with how you would calculate 17 plus 18 in your head. Um, and you got like tens of thousands of likes on that one, almost 100,000 likes on that one, and uh, tens of thousands of comments on it. 
Um, that one's just like a, a purely mathematical video. I, so these are these are the kind of numbers that people get when they post videos of kittens saving puppies from sewers or whatever. Just like wild numbers. I, I've seen like, you know, pretty good TikTok dances that haven't done numbers like <laughs> 18 plus 17 did. Like you're just objectively a, a very effective mathematical co communicator. Can you offer our audience a, a, a few tips for how they can be effective mathematical communicators as well? Well, thank you. Um, so with TikTok, you need to grab attention in the first couple seconds. Um, so I think about how to make a certain topic exciting. So for example, hey, why do we flip the second and multiply when dividing fractions? Or why do we move decimal points when multiplying and dividing? Or what happens if we add across fractions? Things like that to grab their attention. And it's an exercise for me as well. Like, how can I make this exciting? I think also, like, for example, with the multiplying, you know, working with fractions, the, oh, just flip it and multiply, you know, to divide a fraction. I, I feel like that's a question that's been asked in so many classrooms and the teacher's Plenty of people have had teachers who just said, that's just how you do it. You just, just do it. It works, right? Whether it's the teacher that maybe doesn't feel comfortable in the conceptual knowledge or whether, you know, maybe they haven't been taught the reason why. So there's something so great about the way that you invite us to really get curious about these questions. Yeah. One look at this, uh, your whole catalog here, Howie, is that you, um, you take what is oftentimes assumed as like, yeah, you've got to just do it this way and challenge yourself, I suppose, to think about like, what is like, why is it that way? That's pretty exciting. I also see you as like, as engaging part of the communication is community. It feels like in your work, I'm wondering if you could speak to that, like how you operate with people in the comments of your video seem to me like pretty special. What's your move there? Yeah, so um, to invite community, I do Mental Math Mondays. Um, just say like, hey, how would you do, um, if you buy 12 items that are $4.50 each, how would you calculate the total, assuming that there's no tax? Um, just to invite them in, just to show that their mathematical thinking is brilliant and that there are so many ways to do this. Um, so that is how I build community on TikTok. Um, just invite them in. Hey, how would you think about this? Well, I think it's also beyond TikTok, right? It seems like, so as you are working with future teachers, you're teaching folks about the craft of teaching. So I feel like you're inviting them to be better communicators too. Do you find that they are, are, is, are they saying that, they, like, are they hopping on too to create these videos? Are they finding that it's helping them to, to be able to have these conversations with their students? Yeah, so I asked my students a couple weeks ago, um, raise your hand if TikTok is your most used social media app. And over half of my students raised their hands. So it's very important to be where the students are. And I, I'm like, okay, well, that's good because um, half of the videos that I post on TikTok are for my students. I'm like, hey, we're learning about fraction division. So I'm going to make a fraction division TikTok. Um, so I say like, hey, if you're absent, just watch this one minute video of me summarizing what we did. Um, so, so yeah, I kind of, I like to utilize that app for lessons as well. 
I want to to kind of also kind of get to the heart of what you're saying about the community, though, because about communicating these ideas, because not every teacher is going to want to hop on TikTok, right? And we're certainly not, I'm certainly not advocating our kids do. I mean, whether they're on it, they're already probably on it. But point is. Team Twitter forever right here. Team- <laughs> forever so I'm, I'm into this. I'm into this. How do we, you know, regardless of whether it's on TikTok or Twitter or Facebook or any, you know, future apps. The heart of the communication, I feel, is you are allow you're making it accessible and fun and giving permission to ask these questions and to really show us that mathematicians ask questions. Mathematicians wonder and they talk about their ideas with other people. And it, it I feel like that to me, regardless of the platform, really comes across. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I post my videos on uh, Twitter and on YouTube for those that uh, are not on TikTok just to make things more accessible. So, so yeah. Yeah, Howie posts videos at the old folks' home called Twitter, and that's nice of him. That's where I met. But yeah, like I'm with Bethany also. Like I feel like the, the real lessons here aren't just about like social media. Uh, and I don't know if Howie, you're too modest to just like name what's so effective about all this. But it just seems to me like there's there is you have an approach where you say there are for, forbidden questions in mathematics that shouldn't be forbidden. You know, like why is it done this way? And you you tackle those questions with I think a lot of uh, empathy and warmth and invitation. And what I saw in the comments that I just think that I would love for people to think a lot about is how someone will say, "Here is how I saw eighteen plus seven, 17. and you're jumping in there and offering like a word that communicates to that person, like, "Hey, I see that." And that's smart. That's not what I did, but that's smart. And uh, there's just like, there's just so much about that that I feel like moves over into the the physical space. Um, and I'm wondering if you have any stories of like your teachers that you teach math to drawing lessons from your approach that they then find applicable in their own classes. Yeah. So um, about five years ago, I had, I was teaching arithmetic sequences and I threw about five or six arithmetic sequences on the board. And one of them was three, seven, 11, 15, 19. And I asked them to find the 100th term. And in my head, I was hoping, okay, they're gonna be thinking we're starting at three and we're jumping four 99 times. And I was hoping that they would do that because it really lends itself to the arithmetic sequence formula. And that, um, that method did come up And then a student raised his hand and said, well, I got the same final answer, but I did it a different way. So I'm like, okay, great. Come up to the board and share. And um, so the arithmetic sequence was 3, 7, 11, 15, 19. And under it, he wrote 4, 8, 12, 16, 20. And he said, well, I noticed that all of these were one less than a multiple of 4. So if we're looking for the 100th term, 4 times 100 is 400, take away 1 is 399. So that's how I got my answer. And my mind just exploded because that is so much easier. The arithmetic sequence formula for 3, 7, 11, and so forth is 4n minus 1. And I never connected it to, hey, it's 1 less than the multiple of 4. And it wasn't until he shared that that... I totally related 4n minus 1 as it's the multiples of 4 minus 1. So I always bring that example up to show that we really need to listen to student ideas because student student ideas are brilliant. When, when he shared that and it was something you had never thought of, what was your response in that moment? Because I think that can speak to 
how teachers like giving ourselves that permission to be brave and let go of the control and here are the answers we don't know are coming. I really like being explicit. So I'm like, wow, I never saw it that way. That is awesome. And I I praise students like that. It's like, wow, I never thought of it that way. So it really goes to show that math is a creative subject. I say that once every week to show like, hey, can we find another way? Um, what's another way that we can do this and all of that? And I tell my students, the beauty is in the process, not the final answer. Yeah, I love that. It just goes to show like there's just so many different ways to approach that. Um, un that surprise from students, one of which could be like, oh, I can't reveal my surprise that I didn't know this was possible. And you've managed to kind of extract ego from the whole equation and be able to just react to that student with warmth and surprise and delight. I'm 100% I'm sure students respond to that. Um, it's really exciting to hear all this from you, Howie. And, and you've described the conditions under which viruses, like mathematics can go viral. Like there's conditions in which like actual viruses of which we've heard a lot lately can can like spread. And you've described conditions where through empathy and through warmth and math knowledge and task design, you've managed to make math go viral, which is exciting. I'm wondering if there is a, a way a way that we in the Math Teacher Lounge can engage with your, your ideas ourselves beyond just listening to them. What is um what is it uh, the math teacher lounge challenge for this episode? What could you offer us that would help us um, yeah engage with your ideas here? I think that one of my strengths as a teacher is that one of my favorite hobbies is to listen to how other people think about math because I obviously know how I think about math, but I'm always curious if we're looking if we're looking at the same problem, how are we solving it? Are we solving it the same or are we solving it differently? So. Um, my challenge is how would you mentally calculate 17 plus 18 and then ask around, ask your family members, ask friends, ask social media. How would you calculate 17 plus 18 and see how they would calculate? And I have another one. Um, I really like walking around, whether it's a new city or around the school and just taking pictures of what I can count and then just ask people, hey, how would you count these? So um, on your next walk, just walk around and see if you can find something that you can count, take a picture, and then ask around, hey, how would you count these? And see if their way blows your mind, see if, uh, see if their way is the same or different as yours. I think that, like I said, um, the beauty in math is found in the process, not the final answer, and we lose out on that beauty if we just keep focusing on the answer. And we want to invite you to actually share those pictures and those thoughts. And you can tag us and Howie. You can tag us at MTL Show on Twitter so that we can see what images you have found and we can have a continue this conversation with how are you viewing mathematics and Howie, how can they tag you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Howie underscore Wa. That is H-O-W-I-E underscore H-U-A. And uh, yeah, and shout out to the Math Teacher Lounge Facebook group as well. We'd love to see you post your um, descriptions of how people added together 18 plus 17 or your photos of different collections of things. Post them over there. Bethany and I will tune in and uh, we'll, we will try to, we'll, we'll definitely marvel at your contributions over there as well. Howie, thanks so much for your time and for sharing how you've made math go viral. Appreciate it. I am, I'm going to do the challenge, Dan. You're going to do the challenge? I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm going to post it in a, the Math Teacher Lounge Facebook group. 
We'll be in there commenting with you folks and looking for your um, your responses. We're gonna read a couple live on uh, live on air, live, live. pre recorded, live pre recorded <laughs> uh, on air. Next time, just want to be dazzled by your creativity. Just looking forward to that. So no thank you pressure for... though. Just hop, just enjoy. If it. it's not creative, we'll still enjoy <laughs> your lack of creativity. Um, great to great to chat with you, Bethany. Great to see Howie, and uh, we'll see you folks next time around.